in hymn 542. Hymn 542.
105, found beginning on page 500 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 500 of the Book of Common Prayer. We'll say the song in unison. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord and call the heart his name. Tell the peoples what things he hath done. Oh, let your songs be of him and praise him, and let your talking be of all his wondrous works. Rejoice in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember the marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the world. He hath been always mindful of his covenant and promise that he made to a thousand generations. Even the covenant that he made with Abraham and the oath that he sware unto Isaac, and appointed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting testament, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance. When there were yet but a few of them, and they strangers in the land, what time as they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong, but reproved even kings for their sins. Touch not my anointing, and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called three earth upon the land, and destroyed all the provision of bread. But he had sent a man before him, even Joseph, who was sold to be a bondservant, whose feet they hurt in the stocks. The iron entered into his soul, until the time came that his cause was known. The word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and delivered him. The prince of the people let him go free. He made him lord also of his house, and ruler of all his substance, that he might inform his princes after his will, and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob was a stranger in the land of Ham. And he increased his people exceedingly, and made them stronger than their enemies, whose heart turned so that they hated his people, and dealt untruly with his servants. Then sent he Moses his servant, and Aaron whom he had chosen. And he showed his tokens among them, and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness, and it was dark, and they were not obedient unto his word. He turned their waters into blood, and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs, yea, even in their king's chambers. He spake the word, and there came all manner of flies, and lice in all their quarters. He gave them hailstones for rain, and flames of fire in their land. He smote their vines also and fig trees, and destroyed the trees that were on their coasts. He spake the word, and the grasshoppers came, and caterpillars innumerable, and did eat up all the grass in their land, and devoured the fruit 
smote all the firstborn in their land, even the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. There was not one evil person among their tribes. Egypt was glad of their departing, for they were afraid of them. He spread out the cloud to be a covering, and it fired to give light in the night season. At their desire he brought quails, and he filled them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock of stone, and the waters flowed out, so that rivers ran the dry places. For why, he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness, and gave them the land of the heathen. And they took the labors of the peoples in possession, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here we get at the 15th chapter of the book of Proverbs. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A fool despiseth his father's instruction. But he that regardeth reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord, how much more than the hearts of the children of men. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth himself, neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stall ox and hatred within. A wrathful man stirreth up strife. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. The way of the slothful man is as an edge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from 
The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. Be he that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. The running the first lesson. The today on page six of the book of Common Prayer.
depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, son and son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he the son of Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every bit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leading on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I have shouted a sock, when I have dipped And when he had dipped the sock, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sock, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. 
little children, yet a little while while I am with you, ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down thy life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for thy sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow, though thou hast denied me. We ran into the second lesson. The Benedictus on page 11 of the Book of Common Prayer.
Defend us, thy humble servants, and other souls of our enemies. That we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of the adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same of thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for the gospel. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time of wonderful, to make our common supplications unto thee, and has promised that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, thou wilt grant their request. Fulfill thou, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient, Lord. Granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, be with us all in the world. The order of the Holy Communion is found beginning on page 242 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 242. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Almighty God, and whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to his law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, for the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers, among the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor, and do all that thou hast to do. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work, thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy 
wife, there is servant, there is maid, there is ox, there is ass, there is everything that is his. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts to be seen. Let us pray.
Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him. He said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take the little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which hath five body loaves and two small fishes. Well, what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were still, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five body loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet has been come into the world. Yeah. 
bound meditation, my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down. In John chapter 6, verse 11. At the heart of humanity's self-inflicted separation from God is one poisonous idea. God isn't enough. Again and again, generation after generation, mankind awakens to find itself in a bountiful world of beauty and promise gifted to us by the Creator. Of course, this same world has been wounded by humanity's selfishness and sin, wrapped by the cosmic affliction which comes to humanity through its failure to be the good stewards of all that God has given. As we hear God's original command to his first image bearers, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and add dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Humanity was meant to be part of the great divine project to rule. In love, naturally, of course, but to rule a good world. A precious, earth-shaped jewel in the crown of God's universe-spanning creation. For that purpose, God gave our parents, as we read in Genesis, every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. Humanity, with God's actual breath moving through its lungs, stepped into its destiny, fed by the miraculous food of God's creation. It's an incredible moment. Before the fall of man, we see a world created from nothing as a gift to God's junior partner. We see a powerful alliance between creator and creature, in which humanity lived in the will of God for the glory of God, and thus received those incalculable benefits of living within the life-giving order God had brought to the chaos of uncreated space. What we have now, the decay and death, hunger and pain, these are now simply symptoms of being, in our own ways, tragically dislodged from this order, out of harmony with the universe. And this rebellion from the grounding of all realities began with sin. It began with evil. It began with Adam's act of anti-communion, his own black mask, where the union between God and man was broken in the first case of evil. The perverse false sacrament of disunion and alienation. Now we might complain that eating or not eating from a particular tree is a stupid or arbitrary way of setting the boundary between good and evil. But this would be to ignore the inherent mercy 
could also be ignoring all the many horrible symbols which govern our own up-to-date modern lives. One could easily say borders are just an imaginary line. But try to take a stroll across the Korean Peninsula's 38 parallel, those borders become very real very quickly. But what about money? The dollars in our pockets have no intrinsic value. They are symbols of a value regulated by our government. And yet these symbols govern so much of our lives because of the power someone tells us they have. Whether it is the fruit of the garden or the bread of heaven, God's symbols are so much more real than these examples because they are the divinely established marks of our eternal status. To eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was to declare citizenship in the ranks of death. To eat of the bread of heaven is to regain again the divine benefits of being on God's side in the war between good and evil. Simple, clear. If we think about salvation as the Trinity's mission to bring about the new heaven and new earth, it all must then flow through humanity, regaining its dominion over the earth. This project, of course, begins with Abraham, but finds its great opening crescendo in the first exodus of God's people from the land of Egypt. It is there that God holds humanity's representative people, God's new allies against evil. He pulls them away from the most powerful nation on earth, defeating their false gods and chariots in a massive display of the true God's irresistible strength and indomitable love. The Creator saves His people because it is through these people that He will save the world. By day, as we read the psalm, by day, the new Adams and Eves of liberated Israel, they're led by a pillar. By night, fire in the sky tells them where to go. And once again, what we find, God feeds his people. As our Lord tells Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. Or the psalm so he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna also upon them for to eat, and gave them food from heaven. So man did eat angels' food, for he sent them bread and us. As the Israelites worshipped and prepared for their great mission to reverse the curse of Adam, they walked through Adam's wilderness, the curse that was laid upon them. They were once again led by God's direction, once again fed from God's hand. But, as if we needed one more reminder, humanity is terrible at saving the world. We're, we're very bad at this. I'm always amazed at people who have faith in humanity, but not in God. The kind of people who are sure there exists a future world in which we will be somehow able to cure ourselves Selfishness and evil, which always plagues even our best intentions. Here is where I find one goes to look for blind faith. Of course, the rest.
God gives the law. Another clear line of demarcation between good and evil is the law of the Torah. It is merciful. But instead of one command, don't eat from that bloody tree, what we get? 613 commands. Why? Well, because you now have to establish a bridge between the yawning chasm, generations of sinfulness that created between holy God and unholy people. Imagine two lines going away from each other. You've got to cover that area somehow. Imagine trying to construct such a comprehensive law in our own day. We would need another 1,000 rules just for the internet. I can think of one right now. Thou shalt not reconnect with your old high school sweetheart on Facebook. Right, there's one. Boom. But we need about a thousand. What the divine law makes abundantly clear is that humanity lives in a deeper and deeper valley of the shadow of death. So very separated from the life of giving God. So Jerusalem then, the capital city of the world's great hope, Jerusalem falls to Babylonian and Roman invaders. Because not only do the people fail to live in the ordered world envisioned by God's law, but perversely, they join to the pagan neighbors as Adam joined with Satan to let evil into the kingdom. And where evil lives, holiness dies. Oh. Jesus himself dramatically acts out the future destruction of the temple during the first Passover of his public ministry. He goes in whipping the money changers and driving out the animals designated for sacrifices. St. John saw Jesus' prophetic acting out of the temple's destruction with his own eyes. And what he most wants us to remember is that Jesus at the end of this calls himself the true temple. The true temple. The temple which would be torn down and rebuilt in three days. The temple from which the true Passover land would come. The temple from which God's new allies would be in spirit, reborn and empowered for the fight whose lies before them. After all, what is a temple? A temple is a space God man. What better way to describe it? If we understand that, that all of the institutions of the Israelite people find their perfection in the ultimate Israel, we start to have a good understanding of what is going on in today's reading with the second Passover. Second Passover of Christ's ministry. The feeding of the 5,000 is another one of these prophetic acting out that shows us who Jesus is. It is a sign of just who stand before the thousands gathering around the mysterious Galilee. God is reaching out once again to do what he has done from the beginning. Feed his allies in the fight against him. The same God who fed Adam and Eve in the garden, the same God who dropped manna from heaven, takes the cheap bread of a poor young boy and makes it a feast for his people. But again, what do the people do? What do the people do? By the end of chapter 6, the thousands have abandoned Jesus. Sometimes I've heard chapter 6 described as 
Jesus Christ's great church shrinkage plan. He starts out with thousands of people following. By the end of the chapter, what does he have? People betraying him. It's only the twelve of people. Only the twelve which continue to follow God in the wilderness. Feeding on the word. Following the heart of the universe as he proclaimed the kingdom of God. It's incredible. Which brings us, of course, to the third Passover of Christ's earthly ministry. Right? The third Passover. The upper room where Jesus was surrounded by that same loyal twelve. Loyal twelve that lost the man in the end. But for now, still loyal. And here at the Last Supper, once again, God feeds his people. It is in this feeding that all the hopes of the world rest, that all feedings are moving us towards. For it is here that not just those apostles, but all the people of God's new covenant, Reborn in baptism, reborn by being escorted safely to the second Red Sea of our baptism. That these people are given the food we need to make it through our own wilderness one, to stand firm against the serpent's temptation to lie. God feeds us from himself, from his own perfect holiness and love. And this is what we need to finally be made whole. Through the Holy Communion, we are made partakers of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, so that we may never again say, where is God? Where is God? Never again. The only haunting question which remains for us, and our family, and our neighbors, and our enemies, the only question that remains is this, where are we? Are we the allies of God? Are we the holy family of the new Adam, once again feasting with the true God in the little Eden of our church? Or are we the outside looking in, hoping the gluttonous extravagances of the dying world fulfills? Hoping one more betrayal of the God who feeds us, just one more time, that that will bring happiness, rather than the same desperation which carried Judas to the tree of suicide. Let it never be so. Let it never be so. God has taken our meager offering today, cheap bread and wine. He has looked into our packed in chalice, and he has promised to use these gifts to fill us with love and hope. Pure love and hope. For the first time since Adam voluntarily gave his crown to the serpent, Humanity has a king worth dying for. As Jeremiah tells us today, Christ is the Lord our righteousness, and he is calling us to the feast today and in the new heaven and new earth. Let us eat at his table, and let us be filled forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye would that men do should do unto you.
to everyone. But this is the law and the prophet. Please join me in hymn 193.
thanks for all that. We humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations, and to receive these offerings which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and gospel, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word, and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice, and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, that they may hold by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people, give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we must humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and suffer all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those we name in our hearts before thee. And we also bless my holy name for all thy servants to part of this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is found beginning on page 255 of the Book of John Prayer. Dearly beloved in the Lord, he that might have come to the holy communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ must consider how St. Paul exhorted all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true, penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament, for then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. Then we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great if we receive the same unworldly. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge therefore yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives, and be in perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meek partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ both God and man, who did humble himself, even to the death upon the cross, for us miserable sinners, who laid in darkness and the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God, and exalt us to everlasting life. And at the end, we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which by his precious bloodshedding 
he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as the legends of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most bounded, continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Ye who do truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and all of and share with your names, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw you with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Maker of all things, Judge of all men, we acknowledge and prevail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent, and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, the burden that is intolerable. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us, most merciful Father, for thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who with greatness hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon him, pardon, and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear but comfortable words our Savior Christ hath, and to all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and yet that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here also in St. Paul said, This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here also in St. John said, If any man sin, we have an advocate of the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. He lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, and all that to do, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee, and saying,
worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. But thou art the same, Lord, whose property is always to thy mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didn't give thy only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made by his one oblation of himself once altered a whole, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and it instituted, and in his holy gospel command us to continue in perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. Who, the same night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he prayed and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you shall drink it, in remembrance of me. Amen.
We continue on page 264, the Lord's Prayer.
in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain always. Amen. Please join me in 350.